Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We are going to be joined by a player and a reporter on today's episode to get the scoop. talking baseball my name is jimmy sitting next to me is jake and behind the dish we have producer bbd trevor plough is uh somewhere tropical is he he's somewhere nice he's yeah doing good stuff yeah he's having so, a nice time so he's enjoying that and you know we're just gonna dive into the nitty-gritty of uh labor disputes because that's what we do that's in my vacation Mm. Mm. <laughs> How are you doing, Jake? James, not Trevor, BBD, everyone joining us on this fine Wednesday. I'm doing well. Uh, exciting Wednesday at the DraftKings Studios in Manhattan. Uh, a lot of peeps in the office today, a lot of good vibes. I think some of the people are feeling good juice from the fact that MLB and MLP are just meeting. Yeah, the updates aren't great, but we will get our own updates on today's show. Yes. The updates haven't been, like, specifically bad. Haven't been bad. Have they? I've been a little bit avoiding, and the ones that I read have been bad, like that there's making no ground. Like, the one I read this morning uh, was that the MLB or the PA, one of them changed their offer in, like, the, the arbitration amount of money and it was a $5,000 difference. And that's not even real. Right. That That's, no one cares about that $5,000. That is just wasting time to waste time. I forget what, who did it, but like, hey, in the grand scheme of things, we can't, you cannot send an offer that is $5,000 different because you are just, just accept it. At that point, just accept it. Because you're just wasting time. Yeah, I, I, be careful a little bit if you haven't been tracking it too closely because it's just this is how MLB negotiates. They and it's they conceded something else and they have waited this. till their quote unquote final hours that were potentially in the ML day has the MLB has their deadline set as the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. That's the arbitrary deadline they've set. I have so, no idea who's doing what. I'm just saying either you counter at twenty grand or you accept it because countering at five is just a waste of time. Well, that's what they're doing. That's what they've been doing the whole time. That's why we're here the last week of February still talking about this because yeah. that's how MLB negotiates. They wait to the last final minute and they're going to slowly start caving. So that's why I think the MLBPA has been excited the past couple of days because they're actually – they're actually moving things instead of just sitting still. Uh, so that zero to 5,000 for whatever you were reading. Um, I know they actually made some, they actually raised the pool of that uh, uh, ARB2 players or whatever it is to get the young guys paid earlier. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, hey, we're still against a fake arbitrary deadline that doesn't seem like we're going to hit that in time. Um you know, again, we got some boats on the streets, so we're going to get some some better updates than that. But, yeah, man, I mean, it 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 just sucks. It's I think we're officially in the territory of, like, in a week, we're going to know a lot more. Like, we're going to pass the first arbitrary deadline in a week. Next Monday is the MLB's deadline to get a deal done before, I guess, canceling opening day. I I don't know if they dangle those words or if there's... I feel like that next week is an emergency week after, that if they can figure something out by the 4th, that's kind of your real deadline, but... I think they um, set the 28th out there, and if they figure it out, yeah, March 4th or something, they'll figure out how to start the season still on time, but... MLB took away the options, remember, when that was, like, something. Yeah, they backed off that proposal. I forget what they. So that, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Those were the three updates. There was the, that the MLB took away stuff, that they're fighting over $5,000, and there was one more where my sense, I haven't read the positive stuff or looked at it. I, my I don't sense know about is, the 5000 thing. I just haven't seen that. That was anywhere. in the Athletic article this morning. Um. Drellich, I believe. I forget what it was about, and like I said, but 
I'm excited to chat with. Do they know who we're talking? Talking. Uh, yeah, we're supposed to get Happer and Jeff Passan, two two friends of the show. Uh, one John Boy Media man. Uh, one tall enough to be a John Boy Media man. Um, so we'll get Uncle Jeff. His his last tweet was. Uh, Another day of small moves on the labor front. PA dropped its ass from 80% of two-plus players receiving salary up to 75%. Additionally, Union bumped the minimum major league salaries slightly um, and some small things. So, again, we're the bigger problem is we're moving mount, molehills instead of mountains. The phrase has never been used that way, but yes, let's think about the it. Phrase let's has just never been... think about it for a second. They're may they are well insert yeah I don't know there's bigger there's big things at play I guess if you wanted to adapt that phrase into this it would be like right. we're taking uh, a month across a uh, molehill with a mountain looming making molehills out of mountain molehills are hills made by moles the just saying is making a mountain out of a molehill right so, so it's just a little they've hill. been making yes. molehills out of mountains. But if I tell someone... They've been turning molehills into mountains. And there's an actual mountain in the distance. They've been ignoring the big mountain. They're like spending three months building a bridge to cross a stream. And as soon as they get over that, the Mississippi River's there. That's what they're doing if they're Lewis and Clark. (laughs) It's like, hey, just walk through this one. It's only knee deep because save your energy for that one. And they're just instead spending all their time on the stream. And who are we in this situation? Sacagawea. Okay. And you're her unborn son that she's carrying. Oh. Yes. Very beautiful. She was a beautiful woman. From every report, right? I don't know if they ever reported on her looks. But she's like incredibly brave. Yeah. Strong. History pod. Yeah. Lewis or Clark adopted her son at one point. Forget the one that didn't kill himself. And these aren't actual moles. No, we're talking about streams. Okay. James, have you Speaking read Undaunted of- Courage? Walter Briggs asked me in the chat. I have read half of Undaunted Courage. The Ken Burns documentary on Lewis and Clark is one of my favorites. Jake is wearing a leopard print leopard print shirt today. So. And definitely, if you were to see Jake on the street or... Cheetah print might be cheetah. If you were to see him on uh, the street in South Beach, you would say that dude don't got no pubes. He manscapes. And it's true. Jake does manscape and he uses manscaped and he buys it and he uses uh, code talking to get 20% off and free chip shipping when he does. He also uses their premium deodorant, not for his balls, but for his stanky armpits. It dries clear and it's aluminum free, which is, the British way to say aluminum mm. smells like their signature scent. He uses their hydrating body spray. That guy in that shirt smells good for sure. He uses their body wash and their shower gel and he gets it Ooh, in the gift. The three pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E peppermint and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. Wow. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code talking at manscaped.com. And you can look and feel and smell like Jake does right now. It's a really interesting point. Uh, someone that looks like me right now, they either smell fantastic or they're the worst person you've ever smelled. Well, they they smell fantastic, but it's not them that you're smelling. Oh, okay. It's like very much Ooh, a so like scent. If you give them a hug and you smell their neck, you yes. get a good smell. But yeah. if you got like a... Yes. If yes. they wrap their arm around yeah. you and you get a whiff of what's happening yes. under there. Yes. Oh my God. Like you're dressed up in scent, but you smell bad. You know? Jim, I just got a message from Ian Happ that said, let's do it. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call him. He said he might be a little tight. He's at the meetings. They tweeted that yesterday. Yeah. Big right. tweet for It him. should be ringing, or we should just hear him at some point. Come on, Ian Hap. What's up? Hello. Can hey. you hear us? I got gotcha. you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. We're live talking baseball with Ian Hap, reporter from the meetings. That's your official title right now? 
Yeah, I'm coming to you live from uh, the highway in Florida. How uh, how are the vibes yesterday? A, you got a you got a retweet from passing yesterday, and it was like, oh, Ian Happ is in the building. Were you feeling extra pressure? You know what I did? I on purpose showed up just enough late to walk in by myself and really take center stage there. That's smart. How much time did you put yeah. into your outfit, your negotiating outfit? Uh, a lot of time, a lot of thought into it. Uh, I'm going actually. It's a big collared shirt field, the big like kind of golf polo thing. But I'm going no, I'm going no polo today. So breaking it up a little bit, changing the vibes in the room. I like that. You should have you should have busted out your rush hour two suit that we did the the old trivia trivia game back in. Wow, that would have been buttercream, buttercream, buttercream. <laughs> buttercream. That would have been really yeah. good. I guess that'll be next time. Um, and can you remind me, are you yeah. rooting for the players or the owners here? Uh, yeah, I thought I've been really debating, but I'm, uh, I've decided I'm going to be a player. Guy. I like you. I like you splitting it. Um, how, uh, how are you doing, dude? Like what, how, how are the vibes there? Obviously we we're not trying to get you in trouble or say anything too far, but I mean, are, are things pretty intense from the start or they're friendly with intense moments? Like what's going on? Yeah, I think it's more of the latter, you know, you kind of talk through things, you try to uh, figure out uh, kind of exactly where you can make moves, and then sometimes things get intense later in the day, but it's, I think it's progress, I think being in the same room has been very helpful, uh, as opposed to over the Zoom, Um, but it's, it's a process, this whole thing's a process, and a lot of a lot of probably what should have been done uh, in Dallas, a lot of uh, like being in the room for multiple hours, sitting there, going back and forth, like that stuff is kind of happening uh, now. You know, I don't know how close we're going to get, and I don't know exactly uh, if it's going to be today, tomorrow, two weeks, two months, but you know, just being in the room and talking is, is a positive. Have the reports been accurate to like what you hear uh, in your meetings and what you're now like witnessing as you go back and forth, because really we haven't got, it's not like the trade deadline where there's a lot of nonsense or even like um, the COVID season when there was a lot of nonsense being reported that it was like very speculative and you didn't know like everything that's being reported from third party public, you know, I think Drellich and Passon it seems are doing a really good job. And we're talking to Passon later on in the show. But from your perspective, is it is it being manipulated in the media as much as it was uh, in 2020? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's all you know relatively accurate. I think um, you know there's definitely minor things and spins that might be disagreed upon by either side. But the you know the general the general feel of how you know the, the kind of the small moves and how, how things are kind of crawling along, um, you know, it's pretty accurate. And that's probably one of the frustrations for both uh, you know, players and fans, just kind of how picky tech it's been. But the, um, you know, I think some of the big things that, that have been talked about uh, and been out there are, are really accurate, especially when it comes to, like, I saw some, some tweets today about minimums. Um, like, it's crazy when you look at the minimums in, in Major League Baseball versus the other three major sports and, like, where we sit and, and you kind of think, like, how does that make any sense? Um, there's, just, there's just a lot of that going on where guys um, you know, feel, feel pretty strongly about the positions that we're sitting on um, and, and want there to be some, I guess, I guess some acknowledgement of that. Are you are you eyeing and like practicing in the shower a spot to jump in the conversation today, or has has like Max Scherzer given you like a hap? We appreciate you're here, but let let I got this. Get on my right arm, or, or where are you jumping in? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. There's you know there's times for uh, for emotional support, uh, and you know if you have something, there's different guys speak up in the room. If you have something to say, or you have something you think to be kind of push the conversation the right way. But a lot of it's also just internal discussion after the fact, um, you know, and trying to figure out you have, you represent 30 players. So it's, it's your, it's your 30 guys, the way that I guess 
you know, maybe even more than that. What do we have? I guess we have 40 guys because we're all representing the 40 men. But we have, you know, you have your guys, your contingent that you represent, and also guys that you're talking to, um, kind of the outside and free agents and, and opinions that you heard from kind of the greater uh, group. And so you, you want to really represent how guys are feeling uh, and then kind of talk through strategy as, as we um, get proposals and make proposals. That's kind of uh, what you do in the room is just a lot of discussing how, how to proceed, um, especially as, as we kind of get to a point here that's been whatever this date is, this is the, the make or break date. It's like, all right, well, how do we, how do we get closer to making something happen? Cause I think the fans deserve, uh, deserve to see baseballs sooner rather than later. And that's kind of how I think that's how our side feels. Just when is that going to happen? Is there a, is there an end to this week or the, these meetings? I get, uh, this might be public, but is there like a breaking point? Like do, do you, do the, the PA and the, MLB have like a, you know, Friday we're not meeting, so it's today and tomorrow. Is that public? And I'm missing it. Uh, no, I don't think there's a, that's. I think that I can tell you that I don't have a return flight yet. I mean, there's no, there's no set time. I think we're just we're just here, you know, trying to figure it out, and whenever, whenever we either get something done or or can't, you know, decide that it's you know, we got to take a break. I think that's we all kind of disperse. Happer, I just opened Twitter. Were you knocking it around with Rizzo this morning? That was actually yesterday. Uh, yesterday we we uh, hit the little white thing and then uh, did some running today. I'm staying down by Riz, working out with him. Uh, you know, when when you have a teammate who's a good buddy like that, and and you lose him for the second half, it's like now I gotta I gotta make up my time when I can. Get my get my big paisano time in. Oh, you don't have to tell me, brother. And he hung up. He's, I, uh, he's gone. I no, I, I, didn't, I didn't hang up yet. Can you guys hear me? Because I got up, but I do have to run. Okay. Jim, yeah, you're good. Questions? Final question. Do you think it'd be an intimidating strategy if every uh, player showed up in a Tony Clark lookalike beard? I think that would be really good. Can we also do the uh, rush hour suits? Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's how you take over. I think I think you own the room if you have more facial hair. I think that's 1880s politics. That's exactly right. Yeah. Last question: What's the spread like in there, Hap? I gotta know. Uh, decent spread. Decent. Spread. I haven't gone downstairs for the big spread. Uh, apparently, there's like the actual place of food down there. Uh, but decent, decent snacks. We got some some trail mix. You know, the bag trail mix. You got uh, a couple of those uh, Nature Valley bars, bananas. You know. A lot of water. Drinking a lot of water. Trying to stay hydrated. Florida. Smart. Everything I need. All right. Hey, thank you very much. Everyone go check out The Compound with Happer, Dakota, and Shorty. Good luck, Happer. Thanks, guys. We'll see you there, Check back in later in the week. Yeah, yeah. awesome. John Boy Media reporter Ian Happ. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think he's got a side gig, too. The media has been uh, pretty uh, spot on, pretty good. Because I mean, it's that good. was a, that was a problem back in 2020. Yeah, it was like we couldn't trust anything that was actually being reported. So it's good that we're getting. He said, you know, slight variations, but for the most part, pretty accurate reporting about what's going on. Um, and no insight. That was a cool way to answer. I don't have a return flight. Yeah, that's strong. It's a good report. I'm here. I'm here to work. Yeah. I like that for Ian Happ. And where did he say Rizzo was going? I didn't. He said the Paisano thing, which makes me think Rizzo's mm. going to be like a utility New York guy behind Matt Olson. Katie's been buying this trail mix, and I hope it's not the trail that has just too many yellow raisins. The whole thing's yellow raisins. Yellow raisins? Golden raisins? I don't uh, know. I don't know what you're calling. Them. I don't mess with those. They're raisining the like green. I grapes. know what you're talking about. I don't mess with those. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, good, those, those aren't welcome in my home. Those shouldn't be welcome. Why are they yeah. yellow? So it's got like bigger golden raisins, as they're called. It's got like it's the trail mix has bigger um, chocolate than M and M's, okay, which we like, okay. But then it's like probably honest. 
40% golden raisins, and it's brutal. I told her, like, hey, can we stop? Is there, like, something else in the trail mix that, like, you, like, get tricked into thinking it's the other thing? No, no, no. It's just it, clearly. This is, like, the salad I've been getting recently. Sometimes I can't tell what's a cheese bite, what's a chicken bite. So I've had that situation going. Ooh. So you don't know what texture you're about to get. It's been a fun game because I like both of those. But if one's a raisin, out. Speaking of texture. What were, you, what were you just saying the other day? Uh, the chat wants us to save the Roman read for when passing is on. And I think that's fair. Okay. I think we... We can makes, end it with that. Oh, I was that thinking makes we intro sense. it. I think we say, like, how you doing? So I thought about this doing a joke you. intro that was like, and Jeff Passon's brought to you by... Um, Roman. Like, ball hair. Well, let's actually just do Roman. We could do that. I just feel bad doing the actual... Okay. You feel bad calling someone up and then doing an ad read before even saying yes. hi to well, them? We, yes, I do. Yeah, I, I feel do. bad, too. I'm a businessman. You can say hi first. Well, we're not. We're doing tops right now because they got this Mickey Mantle Legacy NFT. The card being used in the NFT, front and back, are from an actual card in the original 1952 release that was digitally scanned and pulled from Tops Digital Archives, specifically to be used in this one of one NFT. How about that? It's going to be on. It's going to be auctioned. And on OpenSea, March 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern, OpenSea is an NFT auction platform where people can make bids to win highly prized NFT collectibles. Cool fact about the card being used in the NFT. I already read that paragraph. Mm. The winner of the auction will also have the rare opportunity to have a 30-minute interview with Mickey Mantle's sons, Danny and David Mantle. Um, Auction kicks off March 1st, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's live for three days, ending at 1 p.m. on March 4th, which is our buddy Krause's birthday. Mm. How about that? I think. We think. Any bid placed in the last 10 minutes of the auction will extend the auction by an additional 10 minutes. And uh, a quote from the Mantles on this release. This card has been a part of our father's legacy for 70 years, and it is amazing to see its continued impact with collectors and baseball fans around the world. We are very pleased to share this piece of history with Tops in a new and exciting way through NFTs. So for more information on this historic release, visit TopsTimeless.com. Thanks, Tops. Tops. Thanks, Tops. You guys are the Tops. tops. All right. Are we calling? Yeah, you want to call Brother Jeff? Yeah, the way it works is I have to type his number into the phone. Okay, read it Or aloud. into the laptop. I almost do that sometimes, and it's scary. Yeah, because it's tough when you're... Typing numbers. I'm, I feel inclined to read them aloud when I type them as well. It helps. It helps, but we're not doxing Jeff today. It's like you type the wrong number. It just reinforces you get the right number in there. But um, So, yes, yes, yes. Got it. Don't say it out loud as Don't I type it. Don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. Don't say the number out loud as I type it. 720. Didn't we almost do that to somebody? I've almost done this a lot. No, but like we started saying someone's number on a on a thing once. I think, I think Trev, we almost. I think we had to call him in for something. Yeah, I think Trev, we almost like, re, or we we were doing Did something we, where it showed up on. No, the it was screen. the voicemail. It, it was, was like, Skype? thank you for calling. Boop, 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 and they oh, said the number. Yes, that's yeah, that was it. That is exactly. I will tell you this: Passon's phone number is cool. Okay, let it's me, a lot of numbers that see. I like looking at. I'm <laughs> 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 just letting you know. Whoa! My dad's Isn't it? phone number is like that, right? Yes. All right. So if you like cool numbers, I would just guess and dial, and you're gonna get Jeff at some point. Yeah, I should be calling him right now. Oh, yeah, it does. I'm watching you live right now. Oh, we doxed oh my you. God. Did you did you give away my phone number? No, we just let the people know that it's a cool phone number. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real phone number. Did you pick those That's numbers you yourself? Uh, I did pick the numbers myself. Actually, I turned down probably twenty five numbers until I ended up with this one because it's a great number. It's a really good. Jimmy had to punch it in because we're calling through his computer, and he was like, "Whoa!" 
This is a good phone number. Yeah, it's a solid phone number. It is a good phone number. I, I feel excellent. I feel excellent about my phone number. Like, there are many things in life that I do not feel good about myself with. Okay. But my phone number is one of them. And another might be um, something you can talk to Roman about. <laughs> Uh, you just gotta go to get Roman. Get Roman.com slash talking today. Don't do this. Don't do this again. You guys have gotten more mileage and leverage out of your penis problems than anybody I've ever known. Yeah, just fifteen dollars I mean, off your first month if you prescribe. I mean that should that should be on my tombstone. You've gotten more leverage off your penis problems than anyone I know. Uh, Jake okay. Storielli. We'll conclude the Roman read after the conversation. How, How are, are you? you? Thank you. I'm great, actually. <laughs> I, I, you know, people people are like, uh, "Aren't you mad that baseball is jumping off a cliff?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like I I'm gonna miss the games, but I, I will say from like a professional perspective." Uh, Covering fights like this is fascinating to me. Like it's really intriguing to see this. Like it's like Succession. It's like Game of Thrones. Like there, there are power struggles and there are power moves and there's strategy and all these different things involved that kind of are you see them in baseball games themselves. Like smaller versions of it but this is playing out this is uh this to me like i i love stuff like this aside from the fact that the sport i love is self-immolating and slowly killing itself you know, yeah i was I playing mean, mrs lincoln i agree with i share that same sentiment I, I i like learning the insides and the business stuff but i also think it's it's bad for like the public to know so much of the the business because the more oh, that- i don't think i don't think that's a bad thing i i let me tell you what the problem's been to me uh, when it comes to the public in past negotiations. I think it's the public's ignorance in the past, the, the public's belief that, uh, you know, that the bosses are always right. That led to Major League Baseball not being questioned on things and, and led to this, uh, this, I don't know, this sentiment that, that the players were just greedy and couldn't be right. And th- there was there was this moral element to it that always tended to go in favor of ownership. And I think that flipped a little bit. I agree with that. I think that's flipped. I think that, I think that's flipped a lot. And I think the more it, it, it's why I love doing this kind of work, because the more educated the public is, the smarter they are about understanding the issues um, the the better they can figure out like who's in the right here and who's not in the right or uh, just how in the right one side is and, and how not in the right another is. And I, I, I think that the evolution of this is going to continue with the acknowledgement that you can be on the side of a group, but that doesn't make everything they do correct. Like, that's an important distinction to make, I think, because I, I think there are some very pro and, and extremely pro-union people out there who look at the union like it can't do anything wrong. And thus, everything Major League Baseball does is inherently evil and wrong. And I, I think that that kind of perspective where everything is right, everything is wrong, is, is dangerous, too. There needs to be a place where a side that you agree with can do something strategically incorrect or poor and that can have a bad outcome. And I think the more we educate people about the dynamics that are at play here, the likelier they are hopefully to, to recognize that that happy medium where these two things are not mutually exclusive can exist. Yes. I learned the hard way that if you're not 100% in favor of everything the union does, then you, you are anti-union. Jimmy's canceled. I, which uh, listen, I, pretty wild. It's, it, 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 yeah, it's in, and it's yeah, welcome. Welcome to being relevant. Jake. <laughs> <laughs> my, my point, yeah. my point, I'm, I'm, I'm very much pro union pro player. I think anyone that's actually listened to full episodes knows that. My only, my only counter was my only 
thing that I was trying to get across and I did in long form was that the reason we're at this point is because the owners got away with so much in the last CBA and really everyone agrees they did. But on the flip side, the union signed that deal. And now the union is trying to make up for the past deal that they signed. And I just don't think that like, so like there's the hole was dug by both sides. You can't claim naivety or like, we didn't know it was that bad of a deal. I was like, well, that's again, a little bit your fault. I'm rooting for the union and the players to get everything that they deserve. But you know, the, the hole is so big and I don't just don't know if they're going to make up the ground because MLB doesn't care. They're like, we're not going to make up ground that you signed off on. Yeah, well, and and so this I think is a I, I have a story that's going to be running in you know in the next day or two. I think that sort of tries to address the the universality of this whole thing. And uh, let's look at service time manipulation, right? Because I think that's a really interesting point where anybody who has any moral compass whatsoever would say, this is wrong. Like, if you agreed to a six-year reserve period, i.e. you get free agency after six years, except there are rules in place that allow you to leverage that six-year reserve period uh, into what amounts to seven years, uh, that's kind of messed up. And, And that's, that might be abiding by the letter of the law, but it certainly isn't by the spirit of the law. Well, Chris Bryant tries to grieve that, right? And Chris Bryant loses his grievance. The moment Chris Bryant lost his grievance, the amount of power that went into the coffers of Major League Baseball, it was already there, right? Like, they were already manipulating service time. But this, the, the Bryant ruling, essentially gave them all that they needed. And now Major League Baseball understands you, Players Association, negotiated this rule that is distinctly in our favor. Why shouldn't we try and leverage it as best we can? Like that that's the acknowledgement that I think needs to come from the other side. That as as wrong as all of us know service time manipulation is, it's something that gives Major League Baseball a very, very big point to lever in these types of negotiations. And I think the union, if in that same position, would be levering it the exact same way. Yeah, and that's, I I mean, something we talk about uh, on here a few times is that whenever they come up with this final deal and when you talk about past deals, however it ends up landing, the owners... And rightfully so, to a degree, they're going to figure out how to manipulate the CBA to the best of their abilities. I mean, that's part of what makes them good business people is going through that. But you're right. When you're talking... So are the the players, though. Like, let's not discount the the idea that the players are trying to lever the hell out of this thing, too. It's why the CBT is the issue. It's why, you know, at this point... Uh, it sure is trending like we're going to lose games. And it's going to be, I'm not going to say directly due to the CBT, but the CBT is the thing that nobody's moving on at this point. And the league's not moving because it feels like it's made the last couple moves on it. And the union's not moving because it feels like, despite the league's movement, it's still a pathetic offer. And if you look at it objectively, it is. It's a bad offer right now. It's $214 million for 2022 is the best that the league can do on the CBT ceiling. We're not going to see baseball for a long time. Is that – you've been hinting to it in some of your tweets and articles, Joe. Is that when your your ears are going to perk up, your ears are going to get hard, Roman, um, that baseball might actually be on a path to get back is when there's CBT movement? Well, as you can see on the screen right now, I have quite large ears naturally. But wow. uh, yes, oh, I got big ears. <laughs> my 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 children call them satellites. Mm. They're dicks. Know what um, they say though? Big ears. Yeah, I I don't know what they say actually. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't need Robin. Um. So, uh, 
yeah, CBT, CBT, I think is going to be, I, I think Evan Drellick might have used this in a story yesterday, the bellwether uh, of, of these negotiations. And if you don't see movement on the CBT today from the league, uh, probably not going to see movement on the CBT tomorrow from the union. And then that gets us to Friday and we have three days uh, to bang out an agreement uh, before this deadline from Major League Baseball. And, and I'll be curious to see, too, how Oh God, I was going to say how hard or firm. I don't want to do mm. that. How uh, how strong is this deadline? Not none. Is Major <clears throat> Zero. Not strong. Zero strong. Do you, uh, is, Major League, is Major League Baseball like in a, if if the deadline is not really a deadline, then what the hell is it worth? Like if Major League Baseball is going to come out and cancel, postpone games after that, then we're talking. Okay, it's, it's getting a little grimy here, but otherwise. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It's not a real you deadline. Can understand why the yeah, and if it's not, then uh, this thing is just going to keep going on. Uh, Trevor May was on Rose Rotation. Uh, great show. Had You've been. been on the Rose Rotation as well. Great episode by you guys oh, on the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Anyway, Trevor May, and now he was he was saying that this is uh, pure conjecture and speculation and just his thoughts uh, that he thinks that the MLB already has a number in their head of games. They will be willing to miss and willing to play, and they're just going to stall and stall until they get there, and then they know that if they get the playoffs, and you know they're fine. Like if it's 140, 130, whatever it is, his his conjecture, kind of just his thoughts, were that this is the the MLB might still just be playing a game of fake negotiations here until have we you get said, to that have point. Have you said? Hold on. Have you said? Have you? Have, have you said the MLB twice? I think you've said the MLB twice. The Major League Baseball. Call you out on that. The first time I thought it was a mistake. He, uh, we're open to the MLB. We do think people get a little too no. harsh on it. The MLB. No, yes. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the pedantic one here. It's not the Major League Baseball, just like it's not the John Boy or the Jake. Ah, uh, uh, it is a little bit the it's Jake. It's a little bit the Jake. It's a little bit yeah, the Jake. It's not the John Boy. The Jake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. What are your thoughts on that thought process by him? <laughs> I think that's completely fair, and I think the union has the exact same calculation. All this is is just trying to figure out where they're going to land and what leverage points you can get to, to go in your favor, right? Like, I think the union knows at what point its players are going to be pissed off, too, and uh, at, at what point they're they're going to start clamoring, and at what point um, the the players are going to be missing paychecks potentially, and are going to get a little antsy, and uh, at what point uh, families are going to start getting angry because they don't know where they're going to be. Like there are all these these different data points that you can use, but uh, that that number of games, yeah, uh, obviously that's true because uh, suddenly local television money starts paying out differently and you have to give uh give backs and uh, th there are a million different things swirling here but i i don't know that major league baseball specifically has in mind we're going to play 130 games this year and just play it out until then i think what the league has in mind is we're going to try and get the best deal we can and that best deal might come on February 28th. It might come on March 5th. It might come on June 1st. I, I think the, the, the fear that I have is that not just the league, not just the players, but the entire sport is operating inside of a bubble in which it believes that the damage done by missing regular season games is going to be less than what it can gain by waiting out a deal. And I think that is a drastic miscalculation by everyone involved. I think missing games would be horrendous, and I think it would just make baseball fans who already, frankly, are kind of aggrieved in some ways where the game has gone even angrier. Beyond that, I think it would say to the casuals, to, to the people who are thinking about getting into the sport, that this is a sport that is more concerned about what we are doing and how it affects us than you. At the same time, I do not discount the possibility. And I was talking about with somebody about this last night. He said, essentially, um, you know, door number one uh, is something that's on the league side. Door number two is something on the player side. Uh, but door number three is 
uh, looking out for the fans, and they should go to door number three. Let, let's not forget that sometimes, and, and you guys know this as businessmen too, sometimes going backward gets you in a better place going forward. And you can't discount the possibility that baseball, even if it does miss regular season games, will wind up in a better place long term. But let me tell you, the path toward there when you miss games gets a whole hell of a lot rougher than it would be otherwise. Like, the reality is, boys, if there's a deal this weekend, we are going to have an absurd free agent period coming up. We are going to have an obscene amount of trades going on. We're going to almost have forgotten about all this bullshit because of the fun. Yep. That's there. That is for the taking right now. And I hope, I'd like to believe that the people involved in this would be prioritizing that element of it. But if they believe that it's going to take more than that to get the game to a better place, I'm not saying I trust them. I'm just saying that that's their calculation and we're the ones, unfortunately, who have to live with it. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with a lot of what you said, echoed a lot of the same sentiments where we said from the start, uh, they don't care about missing games. Both sides see it as an, and as an advantage to prove how much they care about their position, in my opinion. And I think that we, from the start, have been looking at two sides that want to miss games to prove um, their willingness. Well... The, 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 the frustrating part of it, though, is that in the past, uh, let's go back to 1981. Mm. The, strike in 19, the strike in 1981 happened because uh, the league was reeling from free agency. Like, the, you know, the, the, Bob Housen was in charge of the, the Cincinnati Reds, built the big red machine. The big red machine had been broken up be a free agency. You know, Don Zellett went to the Yankees, Pete Rose went to the Phillies, etc. And uh, when that happened, he wanted compensation. And, and Marvin Miller was like, compensation? Uh, this is supposed to be a free market. Anytime you throw compensation into it, the market is no longer free. And so they struck on that issue. In 1994, the players struck because the league insisted on a salary cap. And they ended up with the CBT because of it. And now that's coming back to rear its ugly head. But I don't think that the CBT is an issue that necessarily warrants losing games when both sides, from their proposals, have agreed on a general structure as to how it exists. Yes, the union wants a $245 million threshold. Yes, the league wants a $214 million threshold. These are not positions that need to be firm. This is not a truly, deeply fundamental disagreement on the implementation of an issue. It's just a matter of finding a spot that both sides can live with. And they just aren't going to find that spot until one of them makes a move. And the union believes that the league needs to make a move because the league's offer stinks. And the league believes the union needs to make a move because it hasn't since the uh, lockout began. What are um, the, I know vibes is a hilarious word and sometimes sucks, sometimes it's cool, but, you know, when, when we've gone to past winter meetings, like, you know, uh, things get around there quick and we don't have to bring up our old winter meeting tale, Jeff, let's let bygones be bygones. Nope, we won't do that. Um, but I, I guess. I can't believe you walked in that shot. For a while, bygones are bygones, get Roman. Um, I guess. What I would say is like, you know, there's usually a consensus sweeping around. It, it Most people you talk to, whether players, owner side, media, I, I mean, do you think everyone has already come to grips with missing opening day and our heads down? Because if you go back a little bit, like the kind of the consensus early on was like, oh, both sides are going to figure this out. Like they've got some time, like things are actually friendlier than they used to be like two years ago. Like it, it, we kind of mend, mended some fences by the end of the COVID times. It, it felt like after that things went smooth. Is uh, is there a consensus? Is is everyone just prepared for the worst at this point? Or, or what else are you feeling? Doesn't this feel a lot like the COVID negotiations? Like, doesn't it feel like it? Because we're, ta- we're talking about, is there going to be a season? What's the season going to look like? How many games are people milling, uh, willing to miss? 
I mean, these are the same conversations that we had two years ago. And, and the lessons that could and should have been learned then uh, have not been. And, and, and I think over time, the, the union's position has only strengthened in that, you know, the actions of the commissioner's office in 2020 deeply angered them. Mm-hmm. And there, there's been nothing really to smooth over that anger from the, the beginning of these negotiations. And I'm not sitting here saying that the league's job is to placate the players. It's not. The league's job, as it's expressly written, is to placate 30 owners. The The issue is, uh, are, are that those 30 owners have the game's interests in mind? And that's a that's a big question that I've been asking. Who who does the game belong to? We know we know the players are the game. Anyone who argues that the laundry is the game can go piss off. The players are the game. Like if if the players go away and and Jimmy O'Brien and Jake Storiali and Jeff Pass and six other jabronis wear Yankee uniforms, we're not the Yankees, right? Mm. Like the the Yankees are. No, we're not the Yankees. Don't even start. Um, it, it's the 26 major league quality players who are on that team, or you know, depending on the year, maybe 24, 25. But the players are the game. But who are the stewards of the game? Who are the shepherds of the game? Bob Costas. Who are the ones? <laughs> who are the ones who have the games, um, the the best of the game in mind? Theoretically, it should be the owners, and here's why: because players' careers are finite, um, but owning a business and being part of it is something that can be, and often is, generational, and and thus they should be looking at the game. I think from that perspective, but but who knows the game best? It's the players, and it's the players who I think right now are really trying to uh, really waging that battle internally, trying to figure out how much of what we're doing right now needs to be for us in this moment and how much of it needs to be for not just future generations of players, but for the game itself, because we've seen that people on the other side uh, are, are willing to a lock us out and b potentially lose games and cancel games. And the, the truth is, as much as the league, if games are lost, is going to want to blame it on the players and on the intransigence of players, uh, the league's the one that locked them out, and the league's the one that's going to cancel games. Yeah. And just as you can look back on the strike in 1994, whatever moral reasons it existed, uh, it was a player strike, and the World Series was lost because of a decision by the players. Uh same thing goes for the owners here. And uh, if they try and voice blame on others, uh, don't buy into it. Because I, I just, you know, uh, it does take two to get a deal done. I understand that. But the second that the league locked them out, uh, I, I think they, they put themselves in that box where the blame, uh, the, the disastrous nature, as Rob Manfred said, of missing games, is going to go back on the league. I... I... I have a question. When is every um, CBA like a three-year deal, or is that part of the CBA? Like, wh- no, they can all they can all be. I mean, they can be as long or as short as they want. But generally speaking, they've been five years. Five. Um, oh, that's uh, what I meant. Five years. Yeah. My yeah, 12, 12 to twelve to sixteen, <laughs> seventeen to twenty-one. Um, before that, I think it was uh, you know 02 to 06. I think, and then 06 to 11. My math that I do in my head, and this is where the, I don't know, I don't know what opinion or what side this leads to, but the, everyone says millionaires versus billionaires, which isn't really true because 62% of players made under a million dollars last year. I think 35% made under 600 grand. So it's not really yep. it's not all millionaires versus billionaires because a lot of the players aren't millionaires. The average career of a MLB player right now is less than three years. So you're talking about two point yep. seven year average career making uh, a prob- and those people are probably making 
400 grand a year and that's their shelf life. So like even, uh, you know, they're just getting over a million after three years. Oh, I, th- I think, I think four, I think 400 tie, honestly. And okay. when, when you're talking about, when you're talking about taxes, union dues, clubhouse dues. Yeah. So um, we're not, don't we're, get me wrong. Like it's, it's a, it's a lot of money still guys. It's, it's it, like, it's a 1% salary, but it's a 1% salary with a very finite shelf life. Yeah. So, so, but what I'm, what I don't, what's hard for me is asking those players that have a three to five year shelf life to, to not earn in their window for the betterment of future players. And I understand they're a union and that's the whole thing about being a union, but man, there's gotta be some guys right now that are like, okay, well I just had 2020 cut short and now I'm going to have 2022 cut short. And I worked my whole life for this window of payment. And that's, I think the tough side of, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, 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 it is not a, an insignificant part, I think, of Major League Baseball strategy to, to recognize that and to, to realize that there's a chance that when April comes around and players aren't getting paid, that there's going to be dissension in the union. I think that uh, it, it's why, you know, down in the Dominican Republic, there was a meeting, it was probably a month or so ago now. And, uh, you know, if you look at uh, historically, the union has not had uh, a, a large number of leaders from the international market, from places where you sign as an international free agent. I believe right now the only player rep uh, is uh, Rose Rotation uh, regular Miguel Rojas. Um, uh, among the player reps, uh, and, and you've got Francisco Lindor on the executive subcommittee, uh, who's from Puerto Rico. Uh, at this meeting in the Dominican Republic, they brought David Ortiz in. And David Ortiz, you know, who could probably own a room uh, as well as anyone you'll ever meet, stood in front of these players and said, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, unity above all, solidarity. That's how you're going to stay together. They're going to try and break you. They're going to try and pressure you. They're going to try and convince you that with this short career you have, you only have a limited amount of time to earn money. But you have to understand that we as players, this work belongs to us. And there are going to be players long after you're here who through your solidarity are going to benefit. And that might mean that you make less in the short run, that might mean you make less, period. But the reality is the game will be left better because of you. Because if the union folds right now, they're going to get absolutely shredded. And I think everybody inside the Players Association knows that. And that's why from the beginning, they've been preaching, not only do we have the moral position, that's correct. Not only are we right morally on service time manipulation. Not only are we right morally on tanking, not only are we right morally on the CBT, uh, but we're the ones who have to look out for the game too. And that puts a lot of pressure on players not to fold. And they know the only way, you know, morality only takes you so far. Solidarity is what takes you to the end. And history proved that back in the 1960s and 1970s, when Marvin Miller united the Major League Baseball players around this idea that they were getting screwed by the owners and that the owners had such a fractious relationship among one another that in the end, they ended up losing because of it. And we, we have yet to see uh, that fracturing of the, the owners at this point, but we certainly haven't seen it among the players either. Man, I mean, a lot of life lessons in there. Solidarity. I mean, you started originally talking about kind of some dichotomy stuff, like a lot of what's going on with this country right now, Jeff. I mean, what else? What else can you give us? I feel like I feel like this is a good time for us to learn and grow. Talk- I, I, I don't know. Let's 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 do an AMA. Jakey, ta- what do you got? 
He taught yeah. you a word earlier, it seemed like. Well, I was going to, yeah, you always bring good words. I is, love is that. The word you taught me that is, is it that the should be in front of MLB because I did not learn that. No, I don't think there was any learning on your end yet. Um, <laughs> I do, I do want to ask, you know, you mentioned something that really triggered, you know, stewards of MLB baseball. I kind of want to spin that question and ask you, who are some of your favorite stewards for Major League Baseball. I mean, Dave Stewart obviously stands out. Shannon Stewart was a great ball player for a while. Chris Stewart made the round. So what? who is your favorite Stewart of Major League Baseball? Um, I'm a, I'm a big Stewart Fairchild fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, current. That's, That's the only current Fairchild. Stewart. Yeah, I, I, and it's and, and he's a Stewart with a with a U as opposed to uh, an EW. Yes, which I um, I like. I, I there, there was Christian Stewart, yeah. uh, whose name was actually spelled Kristin, but it was pronounced Christian. And I always appreciate people whose names are spelled differently than they're pronounced because I look like Jeff Hassan, mm. but I'm actually Jeff Hassan. Hassan. Yeah, I'm actually, <laughs> and he's got he's got the same name as the the chick from the Twilight movies. Who? Uh, Kristen that's, Stewart. That's correct. Uh, how do you feel about Moose Stubing? I have no feeling. Except that, except anyone named Moose. I mean, Moose is kind of a great name. Okay. Like, if you're named Moose, if you're named Moose, does that mean you're just large? You're large and unwieldy? Or you're large, unwieldy, and ugly? Mm. Uh, I think his was an ugly thing, just but judging <laughs> up one picture I've That's seen of tough. him. He managed the California Angels in 1988 for eight games, uh, went 0-8, and, and that's maybe my favorite <laughs> stew. He was born in the Bronx, five major league at bats, 0 for 5, four strikeouts. So whenever he got the call, yeah, he didn't answer. You know, you know, much who, like you know some people's penises. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. What were you saying? Um, no, no. I please, by all means, uh, continue, uh, continue talking, uh, continue talking about penises. No, you know, it's just Roman. We they sold five different sentences. This pod. Just gotta get them in. <laughs> we, we told, we told him, told him we got you. Last night, and we told Roman, give us as many lines as you got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Moose Dubin, he's Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Moose Dubin. He wishes. I don't want to point fingers. Yeah. yeah. He was looking for it back in the day. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he was called Moose for a week. We're pro <laughs> Moose Dubing. Uh Pro Moose Dubing. Yes, yes, yes. Is there uh, anything else you need to get off your chest, Jeff? While we have the the you know the pulse of baseball fans listening to this, I I don't know. I listen. I I, I was opening it up to to any questions. Yeah, you asked me how I felt about. Yeah, I mean, you're asking me how I felt about guys named Stuart and Moose. Like, yeah. is that is that really the question you wanted? Because I'm here. I'm not coming back anytime soon. I because, like where uh, we got it. Yeah. You're not coming back. Oh, wow. Okay. A threat. Cancel next week's show. Roman's going to be pissed. Roman's pissed. April. Do you think we're going to get uh, games in April? Hope so. Yeah. That's a no. <laughs> and I, and I, I share. <laughs> and, and I'm of the same opinion. Uh, doesn't seem I, good. I, I will say this. And, and, and I know, like, my, here's the thing. My, my younger child, uh, did not care any less about baseball. So I don't think he's going to be at risk for seeing this, but uh, I'm, he, he does absolutely love wrestling mm. and I'm trying to make a combination Yankees Rangers opening weekend WrestleMania trip Ooh. down into the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I would love it if it could be a combo trip and not just a wrestling trip. Okay. So that's hopefully we, we, you know, we had Hap on the phone earlier and we can let him know and maybe he can bring that up in there. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, no, I, I say that when I talk to people all the time. Like, I don't care about your $10 billion industry. I just care about my child. Yeah. Mm. Opening yeah. day in Dallas, Jeff, gets pretty rowdy. I, uh, You know what? Like, Yankees at Seager Simeon? I don't know. Like, that's a, I, I feel like that's going to be a very interesting first weekend. The, this This team that... And remember, the the Rangers sucked last year, and then they went out and spent a half billion dollars in a day. Maybe um, they maybe they give out uh, all their excess Joey Gallo bobbleheads, and then he throws a no hitter. I okay, okay. That's what Kluber did on bobblehead night. Yeah, they gave bobbleheads away for the opposing pitcher, and he threw a no hitter. Yeah, I didn't. I I had forgotten that part. Everyone's forgotten about I'm Kluber's no hitter. Hey, no one cares about it. Yankee great. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Hearn on Texas. He's really cool. He's one of our, our best mates we've made doing this, so be nice to him. Be nice to him always. Um, John Gray. Taylor Hearn t- player rep. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Hap. We only we only know that's player reps. The, the smart ones. I was going to say, that's like the entire Rose rotation, is it not? Yeah, Miggy Rowe, Glass now. Hap. Yeah. I was... I was pissed when they moved it to Florida because if it was in New York, I was going to go with Hap and tell everyone I was Nick Madrigal. (laughs) (laughs) Got got you and BB. Nick Madrigal off Roman. (laughs) I'm hurt. All Um, right. We're going to let you go. We're going to let Jeff go. My last thing is how how many days a week? Because we have... You basically stumbled into this thought process, and I just want to hear it for you, but how many days a week do you find yourself you stumble into a baseball conversation and you're like, God, I wish I could talk about that? Because it's what you just did with the Texas Rangers. I wish we were sitting here talking about, like, wow, Seager, Simeon, that's awesome. What can they really do? John Gray's on that team. Does it mean anything? But, like, we can't even, we can't talk about that yet. I mean, we can like we, I, I'm happy to talk all kinds of baseball with you. I'd love to talk free agency. I mean, at least we're allowed to, as opposed to like MLB Network or mm-hmm. other places that uh, seemingly can't mention players' names right now. I would love to talk baseball, and it's every day I want to talk baseball. But uh, instead, here we are uh, on the cusp of something that hopefully miraculously will get resolved, but uh, I'm, I'm not confident at this point. Okay. Same. Big article in the next couple days? Is that what you said? Huge article. Plan. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, as always. It's, it's, up to my, it's up to my boss, but keep an eye. ESPN.com. ESPN.com. Got it. ESPN.com. Thanks, Jeff. I guess we're not going to see you for a little bit. It sounded like you yeah, said it that. Yeah, like you're taking a break from us. Yeah. I, no, it's it's not taking a break from you guys. It's that uh, I I feel like one one thing I've learned over time is the, the scarcity principle is very true. And if you had me on more often, uh, the you know the the Roman jokes wouldn't wouldn't be quite the same. Oh, and we did I make a. Like, yeah, I feel we made a voicemail line for players only. Oh yeah, we can give that to you if you ever want to just like you know say hi, but you don't want to be you don't want. To give us the ability to say hi back, you can call our uh, player-only voicemail line and just you know let us know a super cool tidbit there. Yeah, I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. Mm. Ooh, beautiful. I'm gonna clip that. All right, I have to read this Romanette, so I'm gonna hang up on you and then do it while you're not here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Love you, Jeff. All right, Bye, goodbye. Bye, boys. That conversation was brought to you by Roman. When the moment for intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Yeah. <clears throat> Roman ready. Whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes. 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. Go to GetRoman.com slash talking now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction. Get $15 off your first month of treatment. GetRoman.com slash talking today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this fall and be Roman ready. Thanks, Jeff. Good stuff, man. Um, Happer, passing. Yeah, a couple of reporters on the ground. Yes. Literally. 
Um, well, they were standing. Well, actually, Hap was driving. He was driving, but then he got out. He okay. got out. Um, I thought of something funny. I almost said it while well, Jeff was still on the horn, but I knew I could save it. Uh, last night, watching TV. I watched UConn beat Villanova. Whoops. I was going to ask. My brother was just telling me all about it. And I was like, does Jake know? Sorry <clears> about <throat> you. First top 10 win since 2014. UConn men's basketball. Anyways. 20 win season. Hurley getting ejected. Good win for us. Um, so, uh, Jess, my sweet Jessica, was getting some work done in the other room. She came in for the end of the UConn game, and then I... I said something along the lines of like, oh, Jake's always watching sports, kind of mocking her. Um, And she was like, she turned it on me and she goes, oh, no, let's, what else is on? What else is on? Because I had the guide up and there was pro pulling on, which is tractor pulling like races. So she's like, no, let's watch sports. Put that on. Put that on. So I put that on. We had a laugh. Um, If you're into that, knock yourself out. Congrats. And then she, uh. She goes, okay, good, good. What's on MLB Network? And I was like, because they were showing uh, MLB MLB Tonight or one of their shows. Top 10 and they, pitches. And like, they're recording one show a day and playing it on repeat. So it's like Jason Stark oh, on there, my king. Ridiculousness. Uh, yes. Uh, love Jason Stark. The topic they were talking about, because they can't talk about players, and I was so happy to relay this to Jess, uh, they were talking about uh, how banning this shift has affected minor league baseball. Oh, how has it? Uh, I only got to listen to bits and pieces of it, but I explained to Jess what that was, and her face was, like, horrified. She's like, wait, there's people that care about that? I'm very incredibly interested in the results of that. I don't think you would be. My guy Jason was trying to hype it up as much as he can. He's like, you know, you... He's what like, is it? Because I, I want them to be good. He said you'd think the contact guys would be affected more, which isn't true, but the guys that are affected more are like the Joey Gallows yeah, and the no. dead pole hitter. Yeah, so yeah. it was tough. I mean, they're hunting. They're hunting. They can't talk about any baseball players, so I feel pretty pretty rough for any of that crew right now. Well, they chose to do that. They, I mean, not like Stark didn't, but MLB chose yeah. to do that. No, I mean, that's why Jason Stark is what I'm talking about. Any of the guys that have to come in and... Yes. Well, I am interested. I hope the shift helped. More balls in play. Why would it affect the contact guys? The contact guys beat the shift. He was trying to make a segment out of... Nothing. Like they were trying to make that conversation as long as possible. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Well, that's the show. We're done. Sounds like me and Passon share the same sentiment. Yeah, he didn't fully say that, but you were trying to hook him on as hard as possible. Mm, no, he did. He said, unless a miracle happens, which, I mean, you got to be able to read between the lines a little bit there. A he little bit. Definitely is pretty negative. He on, chose to say what he wanted to say. Yeah, because you got to toe the line because... There's a lot of stock putting his words, but mm-hmm. he, I'll speak for him. He thinks they're going to miss games. I'll speak for Jeff Passan. I'm hot. I'm so hot. Syracuse. Syracuse. I don't need Roman, but send me some.